load, my name is Jake Kerr, this is the Black Ink Podcast, this is episode number 36. I'm just on my way home from the Perth Motorcycle Show, it's Saturday the something of September, I've just been to the Dogs West Pavilion in Southern River for the Perth Motorcycle Show with a stall for Black Ink, I was selling t-shirts and crop tops, hoodies, jerseys, hats, I was giving away stickers, I was having a fat time. And I just thought it's a really good opportunity to check in and just kind of... I feel like today was a really inf- uh, influential day for Black Ink because it was an opportunity to, for me to meet a lot of people that I knew digitally. So like a lot of people that I know through Instagram and through, you know, obviously interacting with them online. And the thing is, like, I've interacted with some of these people so much that you feel like you almost know them in a way. So it was really cool just to, like, meet those people and touch base and shake their hand and look them in the eye and you know actually fucking feel like you've got a real friend so it was super cool I felt like there was people there that I mean I know a few of my friends came specifically just to see me it's unbelievable when a friend goes out of their way to come and see you doing your thing in that sort of environment so I'm super thankful to have friends like that and I'm super thankful to be around people that are also doing their own sort of thing like the guys doing wheelies on motorbikes um, on Harleys and all that it's just cool to see them doing their thing and chasing their thing as well. It's just good to be around people that have uh, an interest that they're putting them, that they're giving themselves to. You know, unfortunately, a couple of blokes came off their Harleys today. Um, you know, one bloke ended up in the hospital. It was a fucking. It was heartbreaking to see actually because it was like literally the first time he pulled the bike up and whatever it was. Um, I don't know. I was behind the camera, and as as it turned out, the camera wasn't even fucking recording, so it was for nothing. But came off did fuck all damage to his bike and the last time I saw him he was being shipped into an ambulance so all my prayers are with him so hopefully he's fucking all good the other bloke that came off he just walked it off he was all good so it is what it is you know but otherwise what a fucking spectacular day I sold about half the stock that I took with me I used my new racks that I found on the side of the road last weekend they worked a fucking treat and as it turned out 10 minutes after I rocked up uh, Muggins showed up, so he's got his uh, wheelie Harley, and then he's got his real nice fat Bob. If you follow me on Instagram, that's the fat Bob. Uh, sorry, the fat boy that's always doing fucking burnouts and shit. He, he rides the fuck out of it, and it's an immaculate bike. But he said to me, he "Goes, well, do you want do you want to put it in your tent rather than you know me just kind of entering it or sitting it in the show or whatever? I just kind of bought it to see what was up." So yeah, he sat his bike in my tent, which turned out to be fucking super handy because people were coming to see the bike and then they were buying shirts on the way out. So it was absolutely unreal. But just such a, it was such a good day because like, I felt like obviously all the people that have never heard about Black Ink and then saw me for the first time, you, you, you're obviously like, like advertising to them in a certain way and like having them just be aware of the brand and have knowledge that it exists but all the people that like it didn't necessarily come up and say hello but maybe they follow me or maybe they've seen Black Ink before it's cool just to like give them a, a flesh and blood thing to look at and to appreciate You're like oh that's what Black Ink is you know if you want to come and touch and feel the tops and whatnot then today was the opportunity to do it and it's interesting you don't realize how small this community of motorcycle riders are until you kind of get into it and like you know being at that show today i was surprised how many people that i knew and it's not even it's not even the people that you like no no it's like oh i've known of this person for the longest time whether it be through instagram or whether it just be through you know your mates and knowing that you've got mates to hang out with them and stuff it was just a fucking awesome thing and i think the thing to take away from it is it's community i think within us we all have 
like a desire to be involved with something and commit ourselves to something and feel like we're welcome when we rock up. And I mean, the fucking funny thing about uh, people who ride Harleys is they're all weird cunts, you know? Like when it comes to like even rollerblading, they have the same thing in common. They're all fucking weird, you know? But that's that's the thing. The only thing that you have in common is the motorbike or the rollerblade and you feel like you fucking belong somehow, you know? So it was just kind of cool. that The thing that I felt, and to be honest with you, I haven't felt this since I was like in my partying years when I was, you know, 22, 23 years old. I felt like I fucking belonged there. I felt like this is my scene. These are my people, you know? And that's a really good feeling, you know, to know that like today was essentially a work day for me in that I had a stall set up, I was making money, I was selling my product, and obviously the thing that I'm representing is my whole fucking income. So today was a day at work, and there wasn't a single person that I didn't want to see there. There wasn't a single person that I fucking turned the other way when they looked at me. There wasn't anyone that I didn't want to have a conversation with. And furthermore, everyone that I said hello to said hello back. A complete stranger walks up to you, how you going, mate? Yeah, fucking good, what have you been up to today? And you start having a bit of a yarn. It's crazy, and you go like, yeah, there's people in that in real life. Be honest, though. I'm talking about anyone. If you go up, if you go into the shopping center and just walk up to anyone and go, how you going, mate? What's your fucking strike rate of being able to have a conversation with that person? You know what I mean? Like, it was just super nice to be, and I don't know whether it's the old school mentality of these bikers or whether it's, you know, we're all there for the similar interest and whatever it might be. I just felt like, fuck, man, these are my people. I felt like I belonged with these people. And that's like... It's such a beautiful feeling, you know what I mean? It's just so nice to have that, I don't know. I don't know whether it's something that I'm missing in my life. Uh, I, I would like to believe, I don't want to, I, I wouldn't like to believe this. I, I think it's got more to do with the day and age that we live in. I think it's super hard to find a community that you fit into. I think it's super hard to find a group of people that you actually want to be around and you want to be a part of. And like right now driving home, the only thing I want to do is better myself for the next chance I get to hang out with this community. I want to better my my the black ink presence. I want to better how I go about things and how I communicate and how I socialize and all these things just so I can be better accepted into this community. And I can make more friends and we can have more opportunities to do cool things and be a part of cool experiences. But I think the weird thing about 2021 is that we have too much fucking option. You know, you... The problem is, is like, if your friend's no good, you go, fucking whatever, dude, you get rid of that friend and you look at all the people that like your photos and you pick which one you want to message and then you message one of them and all of a sudden you're friends with them two weeks later. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily what I do or what people do, but I think because we have these social media lists, all these people that follow us or they like us or they engage with us, we have this perception that we have so many more friends than we actually do and therefore we value the friends that we have less than what's appropriate and it's a fucking scary thing because i feel like that kind of breaks down the integrity of, of friendships it breaks down the integrity of relationships that would otherwise be held for a lifetime because you have so many choices and this is the reason why i feel like there's so much more fucking uh what's that word when you know when people fuck around on their partners i think the reason why there's so much what is it um uh, I forget the word. It's like a biblical word. But, you know, like, this is why people cheat is because they go onto their fucking social medias and they see all these people that are interested in them and then they look at what they've got at home and then they're like, oh, well, 
Yeah, I mean, but I've got this on my phone, you know what I mean? I could chase this if I wanted to, and all of a sudden, because they get a little bit of interest and they create a story around it, then all of a sudden they devalue the, the person that cares about them and that they care for, because in this moment they have this opportunity, they have this choice. And I feel like that choice that social media gives us, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's in a friendship or whatever it might be, it just pulls the fucking... It pulls the fiber out of the things that we hold close and the things that make us want to be better for our friends and the things that make us want to be generous with our friends because we think, oh, well, this person's just going to let me down. And when they do, I've got an arsenal of people that I'm happy to fucking, in my Rolodex, and I'm happy to pull up and have them as my new best friend, you know? So I think events like this, full circling what I'm saying, events like this make you feel involved. You know what I mean? They make you feel like you're a part of something before you're a part of it. And there's something about that that, as I say, like, it makes you keen to do it again. It's a good thing, you know? Like, the amount of times that I smiled and I laughed and the amount of new friends that I made today and all the rest, it's like, what the fuck else would you rather be doing on a Saturday, you know? So it's really cool just to have that, like, wanting, like, wanting to commit to something and wanting to be a part of something and feeling like you're a part of it when you're there, you know? Like, people involving you and you involving people and... It's just a great feeling, you know? Obviously, this is one of those situations where I'm not so stupid to think that, you know, like, I'm not unaware of the fact that I'm high, almost on, like, endorphins and adrenaline because I've had such a great day. So, recording a podcast now is one thing, it's almost cringeworthy, but two, it's almost, like, super valuable because it's a time to go, like, you know, you kind of want to... not embody you want to like make the most of this feeling you know you want like this is a thing like I feel really good right now and like as I say in my other podcast it's like well if I can feel really good it's really cool to think that you know like you might be able to feel really good And and obviously if you're any sort of fan of black ink or whatever I'm doing or you have some interest in motorbikes or whatever but you haven't really ever been involved with it or you don't have a motorbike or you don't know how to get started it's like I would encourage you to go and do something about that feeling because there is definitely a community out there that is open and willing to new members. They're fucking excited to have you on board. They want to show you what they've got and what they can do and all the rest. It's just, it's nice to know that in a world that seems to be, even though we have all this social communication and connection through social media, the thing that we're lacking the most is community and connection. You know, the people are doing less things together physically because we're doing more things together digitally. And I think within us, we all know that there's something missing. You know, when you don't have that eye contact or you don't have that handshake or you don't have those two or three hours you spent just talking with someone for the sake of talking to them, not to get anything out of them or try and get clout on Instagram, whatever it is. It's like having that real fucking connection with a person. I think somewhere deep down, we know that we're all missing that. So to have this event where... You know, I think one of the biggest things about this is like, I took something away from it because I feel like I've had a really fun social time and I didn't need to drink piss. I didn't need to spend money. I really didn't even need to have the black ink stall there. I could have just hung out there all day and would have been happy as Larry walking around, making friends, talking about black ink, doing whatever. You know what I mean? And like, there's something about, I have found particularly in the past couple of weeks, probably, no, probably all this year actually, that I don't really have fun when I'm drinking. You know what I mean? Like the only thing that I'm thinking about when I'm drinking is like, how drunk am I? How do I stop feeling so sick? Can I drink more? Should I drink less? Should I drink something else? You know what I mean? How much money do I have left? It's just like, there's like the, the actual fun part of the, you know, the social part of drinking is kind of fucking, 
this dead for me and having this experience where, you know, I didn't need a, yeah, you fucking loser, get out of here. The, um, yeah, the fun part of this was just being there and being around like-minded people who also like doing shit on two wheels. So it's kind of cool, you know, like I would definitely say that obviously like specifically for me, this is a thing that I enjoy, but the thing that I'm taking away from this is like how peculiar this event was, but how much like connectivity I'm taking away from it, you know what I mean? And in a weird way, it's the connectivity that I would assume that I would take away from partying. You know what I mean? You go out, you have some drinks, you have a good time, you meet some new people, you have some conversations and all the rest. I just feel like that whole partying scene is just empty conversations and pointless promises and like meaningless friendships. Whereas today, because there is no inebriation in the way, because there is no, you know, fucking Dutch courage or, you know, people buying rounds and people doing ego shit. It was just like, man, I'm pretty confident all the people that met me today that shook my hand actually wanted to know me. You know what I mean? And all the people that I shook their hand, it wasn't because I was full of courage or whatever. It's just because like, nah, man, you seem like a good person. I would like to be friends, you know? But how the fuck do I know? I'm just a 28-year-old who runs an online business, you know? But yeah, it's fucking, I'm very proud of myself as far as making the decision to come home as soon as the thing was done as well. There was any amount of potential to to go get involved in something else that would eventually end up in, in partying or, you know, spending all the money that I made today. So it's fucking hard, you know, like it, uh, it's hard to remember that like essentially you're working, you know, like for me to have to step back and go like, right, as fun as it is talking to all of these people, you need to be at your stall and selling t-shirts and having conversations and talking about black ink. And also, if you are away from the stall and you're socializing and doing all the rest, make sure it's all valuable. And it's a fucking, it's a weird dance that you do as well. And like, as I say all the time, I'm just one person with a business that has no direction. It just has like a, a very, I wouldn't say general goal of, a, of an outcome. Like obviously I just want to be successful. I want to create a, a lifestyle for myself that I enjoy doing what I'm doing and it makes enough money that I can facilitate my life with the income that it generates, you know? So obviously within that, I have to think like a businessman, but I have to think like a, I have to think like a businessman whose business is in socializing, whose business is in like, I am a lifestyle brand. So you try and like weigh up, I try and weigh up everything very logically where like I'll be having a conversation with someone and I have to go through the checklist like right, does this person involved with black ink? Do they vibe my shit? You know, do they, you know, and like I already I sound like I'm being a bit of a dick where like I'll only have a conversation with someone if I'm going to get something out of it. That's not at all the case. What it is, it's a very fucking precise equation. And the way I see it is, I'll talk to anybody on Instagram, anybody at all. You don't have to follow me, nothing. If you're semi-interesting, I'll go through and like all your shit. I may not even follow you. I'll like your shit, I'll comment on your shit, I'll send you a message, I love your page, rah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? Like, that person doesn't offer anything to blacking except for someone that I can reach out to, right? But when it comes to something like this, when I'm in it, like, you got to look at what's going on, right? The situation is we're at the Perth Motorcycle Show. There's going to be people there that know about black ink. There's going to be people there that don't know about black ink. There's going to be people there that are looking to buy something from a small brand. They're going to be people looking for the, you know, like, oh, you're a little bit different. I like what you do. Da da da. They're going to be people like that. Now, 
as far as my business is concerned, I'm gonna have such an advantage if I spend the majority of my time socializing with people who are in that demographic versus the people who are not interested in having a conversation with them. You know what I mean? Like there are certain people that you just know from the get-go, and this is part of my job role as well, is knowing these situations, whether they're going good or whether they're going bad, and mitigating it into whatever result I'm trying to render. And most of the time, the result I'm trying to render is everybody being comfortable. So if you walk up to me and I start a conversation, and, and obviously I'm gonna steer it towards black ink, or I'm gonna steer it towards like, have you seen these jerseys or whatever, and you're not interested, I'm not gonna sit there and fucking jerk you off. I'm gonna let you go, you know what I mean? Like, that's the whole fucking idea, love. Enjoy the rest of your day, mate. Fucking good to see you. Don't forget, take a sticker. Here, give a sticker to your young bloke, you know? So, it's a fucking, obviously, uh, like, I constantly am having that conversation with myself, like, you know, business and versus just good dude who talks to everyone. And, you know, you do. You have to be precise and you have to make sure that every interaction is a valuable interaction for you and the audience. But, I don't know. Even the way that I'm talking right now kind of makes me sound like I'm a bit of a fucking computer, but... I think it's also my ability to look at these things that logically and be, be able to... This is the thing, everybody's a smart ass after the fact. You know, like you have a hundred conversations and then that night you're laying in bed and you're going like, oh yeah, this one went kind of this way, this one went kind of that way and so on. I think the real hardcore skill is being able to isolate in the moment when you're having a conversation that's super valuable and being able to get the most out of that conversation in the shortest amount of time cut it off and move on to the next one and then also those conversations are like you can tell right from the get by the tone by the way they're standing that they're not interested in spending any money with you they're not interested in finding out about your brand the only thing they're interested in is like looking at the bike that was in your tent or you know their missus wanted to have a look at some shits and out there standing there and it's like being able to not only steer that conversation so that you're not wasting your time, but steer that conversation so that you're not wasting their their value as well, you know, because obviously like that person who I'm talking about, this metaphorical person standing in front of me, like they are human as well and I am human and I know if the roles were reversed, the last thing I want to happen to me is to have some shit sold to me that I'm really not interested in because in a way, if I buy it or if I don't buy it, I'm still going to resent you for pushing me into a corner that involves some sort of monetary transaction and therefore fuck you. So being on the other side of that, the one thing I'm trying to do is if you're that person in that situation who's not offering any value to Black Ink, then my whole fucking duty comes about and is my whole duty in that situation is to make you feel comfortable in the situation that I've created. So I might start talking about your day, I might pick up that you want to be talked to at all, so I'll change my position and just fucking move away. Look, I'm talking about like the nuances of having a conversation with someone. I'm sorry if this is boring. But just to the point, it's a fucking, it's a tightrope that you're walking, you know? I want everybody who had any sort of interaction with Black Ink or in whatever facet, you know, they, they had today, for it to be a positive interaction and to go away from it thinking like, fuck yeah, I like that Black Ink brand, you know? But can't win them all, but you can win most of them, you know? But yeah, it was, a, it was a fucking good day. And also, like, I really appreciate the waking up early, going up to Perth, fucking setting everything up, seeing all, like, everyone else do their setups, and, like, the cool part was, I, it, it was really cool to see a bunch of other stalls set up and seeing what they did that was effective, and, like, I think the cool thing about my setup is that, um, it's got heaps of room to grow, but considering it was my first pop-up shop, it was really fucking cool, 
I was really happy with it. It was, um, I mean, obviously having Muggins' bike there was perfect. But as far as like I had my banner up, I had, you know, easy to read prices. I, I, I worked with what I had and I did a fucking good job, in my opinion, you know. And uh, I mean, obviously the, uh, the results speak for themselves as far as like I didn't sell everything I took. But to be fair, nobody sold out of everything they took out of all the stalls there. So it's, you know, being reasonable with your goals, I sold at least, I would say, half of what I took and took some pre-orders for stuff that people, that wasn't there that people wanted. And, you know, they like say they wanted a hoodie and I didn't have in their size. It's like, cool, they put a pre-order in. So essentially it's just another sale. But, oh, pardon me. It's just a, um, it was a really good, like, Considering it was my first pop-up, it was a fucking good first appearance in that in that kind of uh, arena, and also just gave me heaps of motivation and inspiration as to like what I would want Blacking to look like at its next pop-up and how I would like it to look um, in 10, 10, you know, kind of pop-ups time. I would like to have a full sign written marquee. I would like flags out the front. I would like you know nice presentational shit because I mean I had two racks and a table. You know what I mean? And like realistically, I didn't have that much shit to sell anyway. So I didn't need too much, but obviously like with time, I will have more and more. And I, you know, just like seeing what other people were doing and how they went about it and what people appreciated about my setup and like just little things like I didn't have bags. So when people bought things, they had to carry it with their hands, whatever they bought as they left. So you feel a bit fucking stingy about it as well. But the cool thing is, is like people, are almost like they're they're embedded into the into the journey of black ink and it's almost like ah, who cares that you don't have bags man i bought a shirt i bought a shirt physically off you and i'm happy about it you know so it was kind of cool to have i guess it was cool to have people responding to the experience of black ink like that you know it was cool to have them go like man I, who gives a fuck you don't have a bag i've got a black ink shirt you know so but obviously room to improve you know, I think if I went to my second show, my third show, my fourth show, and I still didn't have bags, it'd be like, hey man, do better, you know? So, it is cool. I'm just fucking, I'm pumped, man, I'm pumped. This was a really good, like, like I said before, this was a really kind of, um, today was a very influential day for Black Ink because I felt like it was another brick in the integrity of what Black Ink is. Like, it's funny with all these things because this is the thing, you as an audience, you see me doing this and you just see the end result. You know what I mean? Like you see me releasing a shirt on the Monday and you go, oh, Jake's got a new shirt out. That's cool. Or Black Ink has a new shirt out. But the reality is like it took, you know, like designing, testing, sampling, you know, modeling it, promoing it, blah, 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 to get to that point where you see the shirt. And like obviously just with that little analogy, that repeats itself through whatever I do. So, you know, Obviously, even just seeing this, this is number 36 uh, podcast, like I had to record 35 other podcasts to get to this point and you can just go, oh yeah, you post another po podcast, post another podcast, post another podcast and it's like, yeah man, I had to do a million tiny things to get to the point where I've given you this end product. But the thing about today was, it's not that it's even necessarily about the fucking, um, the show itself, it's about being in a position where today, I literally had however many people come up and introduce themselves to me because they know the Black Ink guy or they know of me or they're following the story to a certain extent and then 
Like, that says to me that people are taking me seriously, you know? So that gives me license and permission to keep marching forward. And the, and the risks that maybe last week I didn't want to take, I'm going to take this week because I know I had that, that, re, that reassurance almost by these people saying, like, I respect, I respect Black Ink. I appreciate Black Ink. I want to meet Mr. Black Ink. So it's like, you know, it's interesting from other people's point of view. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to meet Black Ink. But then I'm back here also, like, you know, I said to probably half a dozen people this morning, they said, oh, how are you going? I said, I feel like a dog with my tail between my legs. I'm nervous because the first time I've done a pop-up shop, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I've forgotten to bring something. I don't know if I've brought too much shit. You know, like, I just don't know. I'm kind of waiting for something to go wrong. And they're like, man, what are you talking about? It all looks good. And you're like, oh, oh course it looks fine i'm just overthinking the fuck out of it you know the whole two hour drive up i've got the fucking tummy grumbles and feeling a little bit sick and it's all because the nerves are just winding me up so much you know but then you get to the end of the day and you're like what did i have to worry about black ink is black ink all you got to do is show up that's all you got to fucking do is show up you know so it was fucking nice it was just nice you know like and i'm walking away feeling good i uh I'm walking away with a fucking heap of cleaning up to do when I get home. Because you know how it is at the end of the day. You just chuck all this shit in the back and you fucking make a run for it, you know. But, yeah. i tell you what, though. I cannot believe that those... Ooh, speed camera. What's up, brother? I can't believe uh, those racks that I found um, last week. It's just perfect timing. If I had to use the fucking shitty big W racks that I had, I would have embarrassed myself. But having those racks there, it's like, man, the, the bizarre, oh my God, that's fucking wild. A road train just fucking crossed the highway at 100 k's an hour. That's crazy. Um, I just feel like, you know, the marquee I borrowed off um, Brody Cassidy, the fucking banner had coffee munchies apparel because I, the, the banner with the black ink banner had coffee munchies apparel because I made it six years ago when it was still a coffee van. And like, the desk that I took is my work desk. It's like a, a, an aluminium frame with a glass top and I'm like the last thing that you take to a show. And like the chair that I took is a fucking $4 chair that I found at the Salvos. The racks that I took, I found them on the side of the road for free, you know what I mean? But somehow it all came together and I looked professional. You know, it looked like I fucking, it looked for real, you know? And that's my starting point. So it's just like, you know, piece by piece, it's going to get better. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as you keep, you know, just little steps, just doing something every day. And it's like, now that I've got a foundation of like, that's what I look like at the first one, fuck man, who cares? It's only going to get better from here. Having those racks there with just the icing on the cake as far as like just having that appearance, you know? And like when I got there, I hummed and hard and I thought, oh, do I put up the marquee or do I not? And it's like, fuck no, I came here with a plan. Fuck everyone else, I'm going to do what I came here to do. Hey, Amen. As soon as you put the you put the marquee up and you put the the wall on it, so you got a bit of a backdrop and you hang the banner and you get the desk out and you hang all the shit up, and then all of a sudden you stand back and you go, "Fuck yeah, that's what it was all about. That's what I came here to do." You know, dude, you know what this is? You know what this is? This is me giving me a fucking pat on the back. This is me giving myself a pat on the back. You did it, buddy. It's funny, you know. I was in the shower. I was in the shower, fucking talking to Riz last night. You know, you had those you know, deep and meaningful conversations in the shower, something about the hot water, and i tell you what, I read in a, um, I read in, might have been Psycho-Cybernetics or 
think and grow rich. Something about great thinkers and philosophers like to spend time around running water. And when you're around running water, it helps your brain get into some sort of frequency or whatever it is, and allow, allows you to um, allows you to just like access a more creative state or put ideas together, whatever it was. And ever since I fucking read that, it's weird, man. Like every time I'm in the shower, I have this automatic thing of just like, hmm, what do I need to think about? And all of a sudden, you find yourself brushing your teeth and scrubbing your armpits or something, and you're connecting two ideas that you've never connected before, and it just fucking there's something about running water that makes it easier to think for some reason. Anyway, I was talking to Riz. She's bloody, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm getting too personal here. Anyway, I'm talking to Riz. I'm in the shower. I said, like, I kind of had this moment of realizing, like, did you know tomorrow, talking about today, tomorrow, I'm going to an event where I essentially, like, I'm not going there to meet anyone. There's no one that I know is going to be there when I get there. Nothing at all. I'm going to do a pop-up shop, something that I've never done before, not even with black ink before. I'm going with borrowed parts, shit that I found on the side of the road. You know what I mean? Like I'm going in with like no idea of what's gonna sell, no idea of what sizes are gonna do well, no idea what styles are gonna do well, nothing. Nothing at all. And while I'm a little bit nervous, I'm gonna fucking do it. And I'm the guy who's gonna go do that. I'm walking into a situation, I have no fucking idea what it's going to turn out like. I'm absolutely hoping for the best, expecting the worst. But at the end of the day, I'm the motherfucker who's doing that. You know what I mean? I have enough confidence in myself. I have enough confidence in my product and in my brand. that come hell or high water, the very least that I'm going to do is rock up and be there tomorrow. And it's one of those things, again, like you think as an audience, like, oh yeah, Jake went to the thing, rah, rah, rah. Dude, there's no one encouraging me. There's no one saying like, hey man, you, you know, you're going to do really well. You'll be fine. Off you go. I've been to plenty of these. You'll be right. You know, there's people like, definitely there's people on my side. There's people backing me and there's people who, you know, there are people who came to see me specifically today to support me, to be there, shake my hand, buy a t-shirt, all the rest. But at the end of the day, there was absolutely no guarantee that I wasn't going to get halfway to Perth and have one of these fucking racks fly off the roof and everything turn to shit. Nothing. You know? And that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, like even... You know, I, I discussed it a little bit when I did the podcast about finding these clothes racks and and all the rest. But you know, like I spent fucking probably two hours in total. You know, some of it was out on the street, fucking around in the eye of the public. But then also like trying to figure out a way how I was going to get these fucking two thousand dollars worth of racks home with limited carrying capacity and you know, problem solving with what you've got. You know, that's part of being in, in business for yourself. Is you just like at the end of the day. The thing that determines the, the, the thing that determines your success is your ability to execute. Is your ability to not register a problem, but to come up with a solution. You know, and today, obviously, like the problem was, you know, maybe my confidence, maybe my um, inexperience, and the solution was just going and fucking doing it. If you fail, you fail. If you win, you win. Great. If you make a friend, you make a friend. If you make an enemy, you make an enemy. But regardless, you still got to fucking go. And you can't be late. And you can't make excuses. And if something happens halfway that you've got to figure out, you've got to figure it out. you just got to be a motherfucker. And like, this is the thing, man. I can't fail. Because I just... I'm just getting better at solving problems. You know what I mean? And I feel like... I feel like 
if you took everything with black ink away from me right now, as long as I had bread and water and a, and, and a, you know, a fucking roof over my head, I could do it all again. You know, it's not even a case of like that there is some magic system or there's some sort of formula that you follow to success. It's just keep fucking going. Just keep going and don't get upset when something doesn't work. You know, like as soon as you figure out something that fails and doesn't work, that's awesome. You've figured out a way that doesn't work so you know not to repeat that again. You're closer to the getting to the thing that works, you know, and that's what it's all about. And like even today with these blokes that came off their Harleys, you know the thing that people were saying to them after they came off their Harleys? At least you know you're fucking pushing it. The only problem is you've got a hobby that when you push it, you can die. But the point is, if you never come off the Harley, if you never have a close call, you're not really doing anything. You're never going to get to a point where you can lift that front wheel off the ground and ride down the road if you never get that front wheel off the ground. And the point is, they got the front wheel off the ground so fucking hard that they sent their bikes fucking spinning down the road. You know what I mean? So fucking good on you. Good on you for doing it. <clears throat> oh, I'm puffed. I'm passionate. I'm not puffed, I'm passionate, you know? <laughs> Stupid. I tell you what, I'm hearing more and more about people who I literally would never anticipate listening to my podcast and listening to it. It's fucking crazy. Like, I was talking to a mate, a, a very... A, it's a, a very good mate, but I don't spend enough time with him. And I was talking to him, and he's telling me that his old man listens to me. And trying to comprehend for a second his old man, like, first of all, knowing that I record a podcast, and second of all, allocating time in his day to listen to it, I was fucking blown away. Because not only, like, I don't anticipate that this bloke is a sort of bloke to listen to podcasts, but I don't anticipate this bloke giving my opinion enough validation to take the 45 minutes to listen to what I got to say. So again, you know, it's one of those situations where I feel like on my point of view, I'm like, what are you doing listening to my podcast? And he's like, bro, I'm listening to your podcast because I, I like the things that you got to say, you know? I really appreciate that. And by the way, you know who you are if you're listening to this, so fucking shout out, you know what I mean? Thanks for listening to me. You're a good dude. I appreciate it. It's fucking awesome to know that. It's awesome to know that like I'm reaching these interesting corners Oh, by the way, if you have listened to podcast number six, which I forget exactly was the, um, I don't know the title, I, I'm yeah, fucking, it was number six, dude, this sun is making me look like I'm fucking, oh, put some reds in my face next time, but yeah, podcast number six, I talk about the experience I had when I was uh, living in Holland, actually, I think it's the Becoming a Brilliant Man episode whatever yeah I think it is a becoming a brilliant man episode but basically I um I talk about the story where I was throwing grapes when I was living in Holland I was throwing grapes at one of the skaters who used to fucking train with us Chris uh, Chris Bainarians crispy and um yeah this I mean without getting too into the story that was like the moment that I kind of came to and, and realized like that's when my self-awareness really kicked in uh, it was it was an interesting moment you know but uh, I, I reached out to him or I, I responded to something on his story or whatever it was once and I said, hey man, just so you know, I recorded a podcast the other day and I talk about you a fair bit in it because we had this weird thing happen. I said, I don't want to talk about it. Just if you want to watch it or listen to it, listen to it. Let me know how you feel. And man, it was super interesting because I'm like, he's one of those people that I wouldn't say, like I've got the utmost respect for him because he's a very respectable Dutch man 
but like almost to a point where like respect by intimidation because he is one of those people where he's very he's just got that look about him that if he's looking at you then it's for something you know like he's like he's chosen to look at you he's just one of those people and he reached out to me um just the other day and he's like hey man i just want you to know i listened to podcast six i just want you to know I never realized that you had that relationship with me mentally. You know, obviously he didn't use these words. I'm probably beefing it up a little bit what he meant, but this is what I took away from it. Like, I didn't, he, he said, I didn't realize that you had, like, that you saw me in this way. And I didn't realize, he goes, man, I can't even believe that I was wearing white on white. He goes, that's a problem, you know. So, you know, a bit of self deprecation. I, you know, appreciate that. But just the fact that, like, Obviously, it's about him, so it's an easy listen, but the fact that someone in Holland is listening to my podcast, you know what I mean? And not only that, someone who I think so highly of is listening to what I've got to say, it fucking, it's very easy to not want to record this podcast. It's very easy, because it feels like, as I say over and over again, I'm talking to a fucking screen of me for 45 minutes and ranting about literally whatever the next thing that comes to my mind is hoping that it lands and hoping that it connects and hoping that it's relatable and the wild part is apparently it is apparently people are fucking connecting with what I'm saying and hearing that these people from all these different corners is just it's mind-boggling from your mate's dad to a fucking bloke that you used to train with and hope to be as good as one day on the other side of the world it's just fucking like dude what the fuck is going on you know but what it's all about that's what it's all about i'm just fucking coming into bunbury now i've timed this perfectly i think i'm gonna hit 45 minutes on the fucking dot as i pull into my house so i'm excited actually i probably need to um go and pick up my puppy i was a little bit nervous today because i thought um my dog was going to spend the day by herself in the house for 10 hours but as it turns out um riz organized right at the last second to go and stay with her mum for the day so it's quite nice actually so I go pick up the dog she'll be stoked to see me it's the best part of having a dog isn't it it's kind of it's funny you know like the things that we find the most um, like connectivity in I feel like are the, are the most selfish moments in our life you know I've yeah I uh, probably shouldn't go into it this late into a podcast because it's such a great topic but I feel like even telling someone like, oh, I love you is like super selfish. You know, it's got nothing to do with them except for how you feel when you're around them. You know, it's like for me to say, I love you, I'm saying like, I love the person that I am when I'm around you. I love the feeling that I get when you occupy my space. So it's kind of a super selfish thing to say. It's like, even to say, I appreciate you as having this. And look, you can, I can play devil's advocate to this idea as well. This is just the, this is just the fucking interpretation I have of these phrases that resonates with me in a way that like I find I find so much more depth in doing the little things that matter than I do telling someone I love them. I would rather it be undeniable in your mind that I love you through the actions that I have taken time and time and time and time again rather than saying like, oh, you know that I love you, right? You know, oh yeah, or like every fucking text message, oh, I love you, every phone call, I love you. Every time you go to sleep, oh, I love you. Every time you wake up, I love you. It's like, cool, man. Like I can, like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's loaded, you know? And the less you say it, the more loaded it gets. And the more you say it, the less punch that it's got when it's delivered. So if you say I love you 20 times a day, 
It's like, man, it's, it's like fucking... Okay, imagine this. Imagine this. You're around a chick that fucking... Imagine there's a chick in your office at work or whatever, and she farts all the time, right? And I mean, like, she's one of those chicks where... And nothing against chicks that do this. If you're one of them, fucking kudos to you, you know? But she really like, Oi, listen to this, you cunt. You know? Like one of those sorts of chicks, right? So she farts all the time, and, you know... It's not even like it's a big deal. It's just one of those things, you know, she farts, it is what it is. Now, imagine a chick that works in the office that she kind of keeps to herself. She does her thing, you know what I mean? Maybe she's kind of cute, whatever. How she looks isn't important. I'm just adding that in as a little bit of spice, you know? And like, you guys have been working together for like two and a half years. You're fucking... She's in the break room and then you walk into the break room and as the door creaks open, you give her a bit of a startle and she's like... Oh! How fucking mind-blowing is hearing that fart compared to the other chick that farts all the time? You start looking at this chick who's just farted in front of you for the first time in two and a half years thinking like, I, I, I genuinely didn't know you had a butthole until this point. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I thought you were the, the anomaly in this fucking universe in that you're actually one of those chicks who's just never farted or taken a shit her whole life. You know what I mean? That's because it's loaded. That's because you're not expecting it. You're not anticipating a fart to fall out of her at any time. So then when one day you're like, what the actual fuck is going on? You know? Now, let's cross-reference this analogy. I'm not saying that you should never say I love you. But what I'm saying is you should not let it become a thing that it's just like, you know, you say it just to hear I love you too back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just... I don't want to get to a point where I, I say it fucking 10 times a day, every single fucking day, every single message ends with it, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's just like, just fucking chill out. And if you do love me, just do the shit that people do when they love someone. You know what I mean? Well, that's it. Like, you can take whatever you want away from this next fucking, this next sentence, but make me food. You know? I love making food for the people that I love. It's as simple as that. I like seeing them eat. I like seeing them happy and full. You know, it's, it's literally that simple. It's not as simple as just making people food, but like, you know, when Riz gets home, I stop what I'm doing and I go and give her a hug and I take her in and I hear about her day and it's, you know, whether or not you're interested or not, it's got fucking nothing to do with it because it's not about you, it's about them, you know? That shit's not selfish. That shit is selfless and that's love. Tell me you fucking love me, suck my dick. I said that as like a fucking, as like just a rude thing to say, but it's actually kind of, kind of true, you know? Ah, yep. Just spitting truths by myself in my car on the drive home. Not bad. Not bad. Ah, well. But yeah, it's fucking, I honestly could talk about that for a whole podcast because that's just something that I've kind of haven't really brushed up on it too much in my mind recently but it's something that like I spent I feel like I probably just got the right combination of um of like good times and bad times and relationships and all the rest that I got to a point where you know like you just like you hear of relationships look at all the ducks you, you hear of relationships where like people start saying I love you after like a week or something and it's just like well you fucked everything you may as well get married now you know what I mean it means nothing it's fucking when I feel like, you know, it's it's hard, isn't it? I know, like I, I feel like there isn't obviously the, the right time to tell someone that you love them is when you love them, and I feel like 
everybody has permission. Everybody is expected to have that relationship with themselves so that when they do fall in love or when they start to feel those feelings, they can actually isolate them and they can compare them to a time where they didn't feel them and they can go, right, here's the evidence that I've got. I didn't have this sort of feeling for this person. I didn't have this feeling when nothing else mattered. I have also been through a honeymoon period before and while this has a lot of similarities, I know this isn't a honeymoon period. You know what I mean? It's like being able to confidently go like, right, these feelings that I have are not because I'm newly impressed with this person. These feelings that I have are not because I am physically overcome by what they do to me when I'm in their presence. You know what I mean? And so it's like, as being a guy, it's like, I know that this feeling is different. This feeling of love is different to the feeling that I have when a chick has like nice tits or a nice ass or something, which somehow can easily be cross-referenced to feeling love for someone, believe it or not, you know? But also, when you have those feelings, you're 100% allowed to fucking wait and compare them with feelings in the future and wait and compare them with feelings in the future so that, you know, like, that's not being honest with the other person when the day comes that you do tell them that you love them, but also being honest with yourself. It's like understanding, like, you know what, I fucking thought I was in love and then I gave it two more weeks and then two more months and I fucking think I might just actually fucking be head over heels in love. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy to admit it, accept it, and fucking communicate it sort of thing. Like, it's just one of those... And also, like, what the fuck is it? What is it? You know what I mean? I feel like I've got heaps out of... Um, I got heaps out of having a dog because, like, I know that I love Louie because, like, if somebody broke into my house, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking care what they took as long as they made sure that they didn't hurt Louie, they didn't take Louie, and they closed the gate on the way out so that Louie was safe. You know what I mean? Do anything you want to my house. Don't touch my dog. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's much the same in that, you know, like, oh, I've done heaps of, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's much the same with like, you know, like I told the story the other day about Larissa getting into that Uber and it fucking taking off. It's like, wow, now I've got 10 minutes of absolutely being in fret. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, as I said, when that happened, when she got in that Uber, like I had probably five minutes of like, right, it's at least going to be 10 minutes before I can ask a question or blah, blah, blah. So I'll just fucking keep myself busy and then like it went straight into like oh fuck it's almost come up to 10 minutes right how far away is she i've got to find out where she's going how far away it is how much time it would take to get there how much time i was downstairs doing all the maths adding it all up right she should be there by now calling her doing it you know what i mean it's like it's just a it's just, it's just a fucking yeah getting a dog definitely made it easier for me to understand what love is to me you know what i mean I feel like I've had, like I've had cats and I've had, you know, rats and different sorts of pets and all the rest and like, loved them all of course, but nothing like what I've got for Louie. Like Louie is my fucking heartbeat, you know what I mean? Like I just, nothing is too much for her. I was even having this conversation with dad, the knowing what, um, like the decision to have kids and all the rest and rah rah, I said, you know, the one thing that it really has occurred to me since I've got Louie is like, I might actually want kids because of the fact of how much I love this dog. 
You know what I mean? Like it's given me permission to love something wholeheartedly and without any, what's the word? Like un, un, oh, what is it? Unconditional love. Like I have unconditional love for this dog. And the sort of thing where like we had a bit of an accident yesterday where I, I threw a ball into her face and I knew in the moment, like as soon as I hit her, like I'm like, if something is wrong, there is nothing, there is nothing that is too expensive for this dog. You know, like whatever she needs to get better because now all that I'm concerned about, she's, you know, she got a bit fucking scared because she copped a fucking football to the face. It was just like, the only thing that is important to me right now is making sure that she's safe. You know, making sure that she's comfortable and she's happy. And it's like, for the first time ever, I feel like, um, or, you know, for the first time ever, I'm starting to have these feelings where I would be open and accepting to the idea of having that amount of love for a human that I helped produce, you know? Anyway, we're talking about shit that's kind of a, a, a whole other podcast in itself. And I've pulled up about to pick up my dog and make her day. So thank you for tuning in. If you came to the Perth Motorcycle Show, thanks heaps for showing up and supporting me. I really appreciate it. If you bought something even better, Otherwise, just fucking jump on all of my social medias, like and subscribe everything, tell your friends about it, fucking reach out, I'll send you some stickers, I'll do whatever I can do. Anyway, I love you all, I'll talk to you soon, be good to you mum, I'm out. Yo!